Hey man, so it's good to be back up here. <laughs> Seems like forever. <laughs> so we're gonna try to get there. I'm not gonna speak long. <coughs> you know, I, I had two people this week that meant two different people that don't know each other. They say, You gonna have a chair stand by just in case? I said, Well, I got something just in case <laughs> if I need be, but <laughs> I'm gonna try my best not to make that happen. <laughs> hey man, by the grace of God. But you know, thank you all for filling in and uh stepping up. You know, while I was out, so, you know, God needs vessels to move, right? And, and you know what? I didn't get pushback from anybody. When I say pushback, what I mean, delayed, hesitation. I had one pastor in South Carolina, he called me, and he was like, well, what about your church hat? I said, it's taken care of. You know, and then one this week, I was on a Zoom conference call with some other men yesterday, and um, one mentioned, well, did you stop the church? Because no, church don't stop with me. Church is not about me, right? And, and that's the key. And that's the message. Church is never a one-man show. And, and, you know, and that's even a message right there because we've seen over the last few years saying, you know, the church is under attack. Um, they're trying to stop the church. You can't stop the church. And understand, they've been doing this for centuries. And it was worse years ago in the early church Amen. compared to what we had today. But they couldn't stop the church. And they can't stop the church today. So no matter who Biden has in office, no matter what laws they try to come up with, they can't stop the body of Christ. That's right. Because right? it's Jesus. They can't stop God. Amen. <clears throat> so, you know, um, don't allow that fear to come in or don't allow... Because what they do, they try to, it's, it's fear, really, that they're trying to feed. And maybe they're afraid, but sometimes they use it as gasoline to pour on the fire to get the church riled up, right? Sometimes it's to get the church riled up to get votes for them, right? But it's also pastors and other Christians, but they can't stop the church. I don't care if they shut down TV. Doesn't matter. Because guess what? They didn't have that in the early church. That's right. So who cares if they shut down TV, radio? Actually, it would probably be better if they did for us. Truth be told. Because then we would go out and do what we're supposed to do. You know, so we don't ever have to be afraid of that. Don't let them feed you those lies because that's what they are. They're lies and they're misguided. And, you know, we're going to continue to be the church, right? And, and the thing about it, you think about it, throughout the years, they burn churches down. You still can't stop the church. You can burn the churches down. You can... Throw Christians in the Colosseum. You can't stop the church. All that made the church stronger. That made the body of Christ stronger. And, and that's what we should look at because you can't stop God. No matter what the enemy throws at us, you can't stop the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So we want to start with Matthew um, chapter 18. And we're going to talk on a familiar topic here. And I'm sure we've heard it ministered. Um, we're going to talk about forgiveness. Right. And I'm going to tell him myself in this. Right? I'm going to tell him myself. And I already. Uh, well, never mind. Because <laughs> they may get on me. <laughs> so y'all here know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but we're going to go to Matthew 18. And I had it with 21, but we're going to go up and we're going to start with verse 15. All right. We there. Amen. All right. So. Verse 15, Matthew 18, verse 15. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, 
Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. So we've heard that. We don't know who do that, right? Most Christians don't do that. Why? Because we don't, we, we feel, we, we don't like to confront and we think it's confrontation. But, you know, most of the time I could say my dealings in doing that, it usually stops here a lot of times, right? At the most, it may go to the next step that we're going to read. But if you, excuse verse 16, but if he will not hear, take you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he, if, but if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Right now, we'll start right there. So he says, this is Jesus talking now. He's saying, first, you go to your brother or sister that have wronged you, right? And if they refuse to hear you, now you take two or three witnesses, right? So it doesn't say exactly, but based on where we're going to go, I'm pretty sure that it's talking about within a body, right? Not just always the universal church, but a body in this. Why? Because he wants it to be unified, the body of Christ. And we're going to find out why that's important. Because I just saw this today. We take a certain verse that's coming up here in a minute out of context. And I've done it. I've been guilty of it. All right. So then he says, what, two or three witnesses. And then he says, if you refuse to hear them, tell it to the church. Right now, I don't necessarily mean. Now, there's two ways of looking at this. Where he says, tell it to the whole church. Now, you can have a church full of thousand people. And you get to bring them up before that. Tell it to I don't think he's necessarily talking about that. Right. But I think it's also talking about. Board of elders, board of directors, and things like that, right? So now, for this house, when that happens, that's Phil, Marshall, and me, right? Now, as we grow, that grows, right? But we're small, so we don't need a whole big thing, <laughs> right? So, now when you, you, you do that, and then th th this is what strikes me here. Jesus says, if they still refuse, treat them like a heathen. In other words, it's treat him like an unbeliever. This is Jesus saying that. He's saying this about a brother. Treat him like an unbeliever. Right? You got to wonder, why would Jesus say that? Because now you bring in discord. And you think about it, even in the Old Testament, he established ways for them to settle differences. Because guess what? As long as we're in the body of Christ, we're always not going to agree. We're going to have differences. That's okay. And, and I think sometimes that can be healthy. <coughs> Right. But we have to be mindful on how we handle. It. Are we going to handle it the biblical way? Right. Are we going to first go to the person? Right. And then if they don't hear us, are we going to get, get two or three witnesses from that point? Right. Or then are we going to bring it before the church? We usually don't even get to this last point most of the time. Right. Only if it's maybe dealing with a pastor. Maybe. But if it's just dealing with Brother John or Sister Jane. We usually don't go that far. For whatever reason, what we start to do is we start to tell a friend, another brother, sister in the church. We start to tell uh, our spouse. I can't believe sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so did this to me, blah, blah, blah. And guess what it turns into? Gossip. But that's not how the Lord wants us to handle it. He has a distinct measure on how he wants us to handle it. But see, if we do those things, even if this brother doesn't receive us, like Jesus said in verse 17, now it brings us to verse 18. Surely I say to you, 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now we've taken, we have spoken this, we have prayed this in prayer. But we have to understand, this is in line with what he's talking about starting at verse 15. So this is in line. Once we handle things the right way within the body, now it's unified. So we wonder sometimes why we don't see the miracles and the things that took place in the book of Acts because as bodies, we're not unified. So we'll come in, we'll smile in each other's faces, right? And then when it comes to prayer, thank you, Lord. Lord's not hearing our prayers. And we're going to get to some scriptures in a minute because guess what? If we have not forgiven our brother and sister in Christ, guess what? He's not going to forgive us. And we, what we do is we hide it. So when that person who's offended us comes and speaks to us, hi. We're kind of giving the cold shoulder, right? And then sometimes we may be like, well, I've forgiven them. I'm forgiving them. I'm, I'm, I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to forgive them. Lord, help me. For, and then when, when, as soon as we see them, all sorts of feelings and things start to rise up. Let me tell you something. That's a sign that we haven't forgiven them. Now, the scripture tells us two ways that we can handle this, right? We can handle it this way. And then in Colossians chapter 3, 12 and 14, it tells us that we can handle it by being long-suffering, right? Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to read that. Colossians 3, beginning at 12, verse 12. Keep your finger there because we're going to come back there. <clears throat> I'm to start my clock. <laughs> so now i got to cut my time even short. <laughs> All right, Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 12, says this. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also must you do. Verse 14. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So if we're walking in love, we're going to forgive. And see, sometimes it may require us to go to a brother and sister in Christ. Sometimes, because think about it, so people can wrong us. It doesn't mean every time we have to go to them. Sometimes we have to, have, we have to be like ducks with water, water running off a duck's back. We just got to let some things go. Right? That's a part of being long-suffering. That can be hard sometimes. All right, so let's go back to Matthew 18. So I'm going to read verse 18 again. So surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Verse 19, again I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So now, let's say you go to that brother and sister in Christ, and now you tell them they offend you. Y'all make up. They said, you're right. I did offend you. Now, guess what? You gain the brother, you gain the sister. Now, y'all can come together in agreement and y'all can pray. And then even if you get to the last part, uh, what was it? Verse 17 with the church. Guess what? You still got the rest of the church. You still got two, the two, three other witnesses coming together. That is, the, that is what God, Jesus is saying here. I'm coming in agreement with, with unification. And see, so many times within the body, 
we're not, we, we think we're unified, but we're not unified because we hold on to things where, oh, that person gave a too long of a testimony, or whatever it can be. Or they didn't hold the door for me, or they gave them more juice in the, offer, in the communion cup than they did me, whatever it is. We complain about little things, right? And then when we come together, whether it's prayer, whether it's for hearing the message, whether it's for Bible study, no matter what, praise and worship, and then we have this art in our heart. Right? Even in placing the offering and tithes in a basket. And then now we're, we're really divided. We're not unified. And see, remember, that's what Jesus marveled at Satan's kingdom. They were unified. But we as the body are supposed to be unified, but we want to fight the kingdom of darkness, but yet we're divided. We have to learn to let some things go. And I'm the first one to tell you it can be hard. It can be hard, right? So let's keep going. Verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So that's what he's talking about. When we come together and we forgive each other, it's not that, hey, when just any two or three together, we're praying. I'm praying outside, praying. No, that's not what he's talking about. It's within the context of what he's talking about here. So to prove that, look at what Peter says. He continues on. Peter comes up to Jesus and says, Verse 21, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but to 70 times seven. That's 490 times. Not too many people going wrong as that many times in, in a lifetime, in a lifetime, right? Because usually when we get past the first or the second time, we usually start to cut them off. Right? So we're not going to let him get that far. Right? But we have, you know, Jesus said up to 70 times 7, we, sh we should forgive them. <clears throat> Verse 23. Therefore the kingdom, and he's given an example here. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's, that sounds like a lot. I don't know how much that is, but I think one translation has millions of dollars. I don't know if that's what it is, but still, 10,000 talents has to be a lot. Verse 25, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that the payment may be made. Now, that sounds like a harsh master, right? He's saying, he, well, I, I didn't get to that part. Let me read that. Verse 26, the servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. So he's begging the master, asking him to have patience. And we've seen the master saying, look, we're going to sell him, his wife, his children, and all his things, so I can get my money back. Right now, that sounds pretty harsh, right? But look what happens here. Verse 27, then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. So, like I said, one translation had millions of dollars. What would it be like if all the debt that we had, somebody came and said, hey, I forgive you of all your debt. Don't worry about it. All right? We would be happy about that, wouldn't we? I can't find too many people who wouldn't be happy. And if they're not happy, then that means some other issues are going on. Right? Right? But, that's a lot that's being forgiven, right? Verse 28. 
But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now that doesn't sound like as much as tens of thousands of talents. Right? A hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. Verse 29. So his fellow servant fell down in his, at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. The same thing he said to his master. Now you would think that because he was forgiven by saying the same thing, that he would forgive his fellow servant. His fellow servant. All right, let's keep going. Verse 30, and he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw, when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. And guess what? Him delivering him to the torturers, till he, there's no way he could pay back. Because he's in prison now. Verse 35. So my, now this is Jesus speaking. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. And see, if we really look at this story, we can probably relate to that. Because guess what? The Lord's forgiven each and every one of us. And we wronged the Lord more than other people have wronged us. Right? But when people wrong us, we forget about the Lord in that instance, right? <laughs> Because we don't want to forget, right? So, like I said, it can be hard. So, as y'all know, I had the surgery. And then, while I'm in the hospital, the days I'm in the hospital, I start typing up stuff, right? Because I'm typing up stuff, and I don't post on Facebook most, much, but this is going on Facebook when I'm typing up, right? So, I had it there, and I'm like, okay. And the reason why I was posting it on Facebook is because I know co-workers, family, friends were concerned because a lot of them didn't know I was going into surgery or what was going on with me, right? But they found out once the surgery took place, right? So I wanted to let everybody know in one grandstand so I'm not having to call everybody, right? So as I was typing in the hospital, I, I had one particular sentence. And I was trying to find the post, but I guess I deleted the post. Uh, it's on Facebook, but uh, the original post that I had because I can't remember to this day what the sentence was. However, there were some people that I felt wronged by, right? And I, that one sentence was targeted for them, right? <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, I want them to see this, right? And uh, it was something along the lines where, uh, you know, when you're going through, you really find out who your true friends are. And then I had some other comments after that. So y'all know, um, y'all familiar with Zorro? With the Z? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, I wanted not the sword, but I wanted a dagger in them, the stick in them, so they could feel it, right? <laughs> and, and I had it all set, and I, I'm proofreading it once I got home, and I'm in a chair. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is good. This is good. I'm going to get it. Right, so 
I said, all right. So I had one of my daughters read it first. And uh, she said, well, Dad, I think you should take this one sentence out. It's good, but you should take this one sentence out. I said, why? She said, because that sounds like something we would do as teenagers. I said, be honest, I said, where do you think you get it from? Right? I said, you inherited that from me. <laughs> and uh, it said, uh, that I, she said, I don't know. And I showed them separately, both of them. I don't know if you should put that in there. She said, it's a good post, but I don't know if you should put it because they, you know, the, the ones that you're talking to, they're going to know. I said, well, I want them to know because I didn't want them to comment in my post to make it seem like they've been praying for me and keeping in contact with me when they had it, right? So, uh, and it was only a couple, couple people. And trust me, once they read it, they would have known who they were. So I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to let your sister read this. I said, don't you say nothing. So I let sister read it. She said, Dad, don't post that. I said, why? She said, because of that one sentence. It's petty. I said, well, I want to be petty. <laughs> I'm being honest. I, I, I did. I wanted to be petty. Right? She said, well, I don't think you should. I don't, I don't think you should post that. I think you should take that out. <sighs> so I stewed over it a little bit. Oh my God. I said, all right, I'll take it out. So I took it out and I, I, I posted the rest. Right? So people commented. And don't you know. <laughs> two of the people who I was talking <laughs> they commented in there right? I ain't going to say what they say so you can't go back and see well only one well you, you already know only one, one other person's Facebook friend with me <laughs> but uh, I said I said look at this I, I said you know see this is what I was trying to avoid right but long story short the Lord dealt with me about that right because I, I, had, I had to forgive them for that Right. And, you know, the Lord has a funny sense of humor because I'm like, you know, I said, OK, I'm going to move past it. And, and I was thankful that I didn't post that sentence in there. Right. Because that was the godly thing to do, the right thing to do. And I said, you know what? Let them have the fun. Because, see, sometimes we have to let things go. See, we can't. What good does it do for me to hurt them? That does no good, right? So this is why I say God has a funny sense of humor. Because probably a couple of weeks later, one of them decided to call me, right? He's fishing for information, <laughs> right? And see, sometimes people talk to me, don't realize I'm a detective. So I can tell when you're fishing for information, right? So I don't tell you stuff, right? I tell people stuff when I want them to hear stuff. So, but long story short, I talked to him, you know, I asked his family, and we talked for a little while, right? But the good part was I didn't have no art in my heart when I did that. And, and I think if I had left that sentence in there, I probably still would have had art in my heart. That, that would not have been the right thing to do. And we, we, we have to let stuff go, you know, um, because it's not good. It's not healthy, right? And that, that affects our whole mood. And, um, you know, and I thank God that I did not post that sentence <laughs> because I tell you, I wanted to post it. I, I did. <laughs> My flesh did. My flesh did. All right. So let's turn to John chapter five. See, sometimes we can find ourselves 
doing the will of the Lord and then people still wrong us, right? And I'm speaking from personal experience again. <clears throat> you know, we could do what's right and people still wrong us. But you know what? We're in good company because what do you think happened with Jesus? What do you think what happened with Jesus, right? So John chapter 5, we'll begin at verse 31. And this will probably be my last scripture. A few scriptures. Because uh, we're going to read a few passages here. Alright, we good? We there? Alright, John chapter 5, beginning at verse 31. <clears throat> we'll probably, well, we'll see how far we go. But we'll go down a few verses. Alright, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. So let's start right there. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. See, sometimes when we're doing the will of God and people wrong us, we have a habit of trying to justify. It's like, look, I was only trying to do this. But, you know, when we do that sometimes, that's really us bearing witness of ourselves. A lot of times we have to let stuff go. We have to let stuff go. When we try to defend ourselves, the people a lot of times, and this is not 100% of the time because sometimes we may, it may be a cause where somebody comes to us about something. But sometimes we're just doing what God is leading us to do, right? Whether it's stopping at Wawa and paying for somebody's food or whatever, you know, we don't have to justify that to somebody when they start accusing us of things, right? Or whether it was me going in the ruts and doing it, we have to be careful of trying to justify that because that's us trying to defend ourselves. And you know what? Ultimately, God will write what's wrong. Amen. When we try to write it, it leads to more hurt, heartache, discouragement for us and really stress and a whole bunch of energy that we wasted because guess what? They're not going to hear us. Amen. They're not going to hear us. And see, the thing about it is, Jesus did what the Father was telling him to do. But the people didn't see it that way. The religious leaders didn't see it that way. Actually, the people didn't see that. Because what? They started shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Right? And sometimes they may say, crucify us. Right? But that's okay. We just have to let it go and go before God. Now, it's not easy on our flesh. It's not easy on our emotions. But we have to let things go. All right? So let's go to verse 34. Oh, no, 33. You have, sent, you have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man. But I say these things that you may be saved. Verse 35. He, being John, was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. So Jesus says it right there that John was a burning lamp. See, a lamp doesn't burn on its own. A lamp needs oil. We don't burn on our own. Amen. We need oil. So even the fact that we're burning, we're doing the will of the Lord for what he's calling us to do, no matter what it is. And even though people may not understand, so what? We got to keep going. Because if we stop, who are we hurting? Ourselves. Amen. And we're stopping the move of God. Trust me. Have you ever been lied on before? Yeah, it doesn't feel good, especially when you're trying to do right, especially when you get lied on in the church by another brother 
in Christ. It does not feel good. When that person goes to try to manipulate the pastor to influence him against me. That doesn't feel good. And I wanted to speak up and call the pastor said, no, it didn't go down like that. But I did. I just let, I let it go. And you know what? That person ended up leaving. That person ended up leaving. It is what it is, right? They may, they may not have left as soon as I wanted them to, but they eventually left, right? So let's keep going. Verse 36. But I have a greater witness than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. So what's the works? The miraculous works that he did. The preaching, the teaching was the works that he did. See, it didn't fit what they thought that the Messiah should be. They were waiting for the political Messiah to come. So they were all for the miracles and the teachings and the gatherings taking place as long as Jesus will rise up all the thousands of people to go against the Roman government. See, sometimes we may be doing the work of the Lord and it doesn't fit to what another brother, sister, another pastor may think it should fit. That's okay. See, it's like I said, I think on Wednesday, I think it was, or maybe last Saturday, that y'all getting teaching here that other churches are not getting. They will talk about it. Say, oh, no, that's not what that means. That's okay. Let them say that. Right? Doesn't mean the Lord doesn't love them. Doesn't mean they can't serve the Lord in their own capacity. Right? But the Lord has a blessing for us that they won't receive. It's okay. See, they may talk about us. They may say, well, you know what? I'm not going in no more. Because ultimately, going back to the beginning of Matthew 18, when I was reading from verse 15, that's actually talking about judgment. And you know, for years, I thought the most popular Bible verse that everyone, whether saved or unsaved, know was John 3.16. That's not the case. It's Matthew 7, verse 1. Judge not, so you will be not judged. Every believer can quote that to you. They will quote that to you. When the Bible tells us, no, to judge. In John chapter 7. Judge with a righteous judgment. See, that Matthew chapter 7 is talking about a hypocrisy of judgment. Right? And that's really what they do. But we don't do that. We judge according to the scriptures. Right? And that's how we will function. Right? And that goes again to when two or three are gathered. Right? Because when you don't judge, now you allow the enemy to come into the camp. Right? So when you allow things to go on, when you allow discord and disagreement to take place within the house of the body, no matter if it's a church of a thousand people or no matter if we were just in the house, it doesn't matter. When you allow that to go on within the body, God can't move. See, you could have ten people, eight could be doing right, two could be wrong. Guess what? They're still sinning the camp. We learn that even in the Old Testament. In Joshua chapter 7, I, I did a teaching on it, with, uh, I think it was Achan. Yeah. When he hid, he disobeyed God and hid the treasures in his tent. And it brought sin to the whole camp. See, this is why we judge. And then, what did God let Joshua know? No, you got sin in the camp. 
bring him out. And that's what he did. And guess what? He had to pay. Him and his family had to pay. All right, so let's keep going. See, the works that Jesus came to do could not be seen by everyone. Everybody's not going to understand why we do what we do. Everyone's not going to understand the prayer walking that we did. They're not going to understand. Well, I think you should do it this way. Well, I didn't ask you what you thought. Right? This is why I don't associate with many pastors. Right? I got about five in my circle. And only two of them know each other. And they can tell me what they want to tell me. And I will listen. I say that to say I will, I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> but there are some pastors I don't listen to. Right? There's some people I don't. I'm, I'm going to watch. It's not that I'm not going to not associate with. I'm going to watch. Because we're not going to agree on everything. Right? Because you have a way of doing things. You're going to associate with certain people. Certain doc, that That's not going to be me. I'm not going to do that. Well, I don't understand. What's up. You know, I don't understand. That's fine. I was fine before you. I'll be fine after you. It is what it is. All right? So let's go to verse 37. We'll finish up here. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent him you do not believe. So sometimes Christians may come upon us or come against us. Right? And it's not just me, just not the church. You upon your job, family members, right? They don't understand. Right? Because they have a different doctrine sometimes. Right? So they will be offended by things we may say. That's okay. Because guess what? The truth is going to offend. Right? And I just had a conversation with my dad earlier this week. He's, you know, we were talking about that, and he was like, yeah, you know, nobody likes to hear the truth. I said, you're right, because sometimes I don't like to hear it, right? But it is necessary. It is necessary. All right, verse 39. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. <clears throat> and these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men. I do not receive honor from men. We do not do things to receive honor from men. Jesus did it to please the Father. Everything we do, you heard me say Wednesday, no matter what we do, it doesn't matter how many people, how many healings, miracles take place, how many people we lead to the Lord, how many people we pray for, none of it matters if our motive is anything besides bringing glory to the Father. None of it matters. Right? And this is what, in today's time, we've gotten away from because we live in a society of self. All right, so let's keep going. Verse 42. But I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. Verse 43. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you, receive, him you will receive. Let me take a drink of water. I'm going to read that again. Verse 43. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Now, Jesus is speaking prophetically. He's talking about the Antichrist. He's talking about the ancestors. Hey, Jesus is saying, look, I didn't come bragging about me, but the Antichrist is going to come bragging about him, and y'all going to receive him. This is what we do today. If we talk about the things in the Scripture, people don't want to receive us. But if I was to 
talk about, hey, New Life Kingdom Builders is doing this, and we're doing that, we're doing that. I'm talking about me and what we're doing. People will flock to that. See, there's some people that are at the house, if I did those things, they still would be here. But people don't want to receive the script because it doesn't fit in to what they've been taught. It doesn't fit in to what they think. So it becomes no blessing, 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 blessing. Nope, I don't want to suffer. You think about it. You know, I thought about this. You look at uh, Jacob and Esau. Who received the blessing? Jacob. Who had to go through the hardship? Jacob. No, Jacob. Esau, not, Jacob went to Esau for help. But Jacob was the one that received the blessing. Look at Moses. Right? Moses, he thought he can help the Egyptians initially before he left. He killed an Egyptian for treating his brother wrong. Right? And then he went away. But what did Moses do? He tried to come back in his own name initially. Right? He wasn't coming initially. He said, look, he saw two Israelites fighting, tried to beg them up. And then they didn't want to receive him. Right? So what did he do? He left. God had to work on him. Forty years later, he doesn't come back in his own name. He comes back in the name of Yahweh. Hallelujah. I am. Hallelujah. And guess what? They received him. Egypt didn't receive him. But guess what? God was still working in the midst. We can't come in our own name. We got to come in the name of the Lord. See, when we come in the name of the Lord, it may hurt. It may not go the way we want it to go. People may not receive us. Everybody now may not come in here at the flood. But see, when you move in God, just like with Jacob, the blessing will come when you do it the right way. See, we want the blessing because we've been taught for so long to get the blessing right now. Right now. Give, and God's going to bless you right away. God don't work like that sometimes. Sometimes God wants us to marinate. See, this is a marathon. And see, we forget that because we've heard for so long, hey, it's going to come right now. You know what? There are people, there are pastors that offended me, people that lied on me, just like you all. But it doesn't matter. Does it hurt? Absolutely. You know what? And then we, 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 we will sit up here and we say, well, I was only trying to do this. I don't understand. But God knows. God knows. And see, it doesn't make sense for us to strain. So even going back to when I was at Rudd's, right, I was in there with the Lord by myself. But then the church that I was attending, pastor tried to switch it up and try to take over. And even though he had things, it didn't work the way he wanted to work. God was still working on my behalf in that. And see, even though I could have said, why are you doing this? Why are you doing complaint? No, just let it go. God knows. God knows when we do things the right way, we don't have to justify ourselves to anybody. And see, that is different than what society would tell us. What society tells us, nice guys finish last. But the Bible says the last shall be first. Right. right? So guess what? We're going to continue to be nice. Right? We're going to continue to love. 
regardless of how people treat us, regardless of, you know, I laugh sometimes, and I used to tell my wife this, because the Lord, Lord would bless us along the way that he wanted is. We didn't always have, you know, but we would so we would give, and I, I've said it before, that we gave a call away to somebody. <clears throat> and to this day, I do not regret it. He deserved it. He had a good heart, right? But I told you before, we didn't tell nobody. We didn't brag on it, right? We gave a dryer away. I think it was a washer or dryer. To, you know what? But the reason why I laugh is because anytime we got something new, a new vehicle, family member or somebody, well, all of a sudden, they would either get the same type of vehicle or a vehicle of the same color. <laughs> and my wife would have issues with it. I said, who cares? They're not competing with us. They're trying to compete with God. Because this didn't come from us. This came from God. They don't understand what we did. They don't understand what we sold. How many meals we paid for. How many times we just gave. Just to give. Not looking for anything in return. And guess what? They would get those things and they would struggle. They would act like they would have it, but they would struggle. But that's okay. See, we're going to continue to do things the right way. Regardless of how people may have hurt us, regardless of how people may have lied on us, we need to continue to do things according to the scriptures, right? Because eventually the blessing will come just like it came for Jacob. Amen. It may look like a bunch of Esau's that are talking about us, <laughs> lying on us, that they're getting blessed, that the favor is upon them. Don't worry about that because we're going to be the Jacob's and we're going to do things the right way. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord God. Heavenly Father God, we just thank you. We glorify you and we praise you, Lord God. Lord, I just thank you for giving me the strength to complete this message, Father God. I thank you for the word that was gone forth, Lord God. I pray even now, Lord, <coughs> that, Lord God, that this word will be planted, Father God, in all of our hearts, Lord God. All the hurts, Father God. All the lies, all the deceptions that may have come against us, Lord God. Help us, Lord, to walk in forgiveness, Lord. Help us, Lord, to remember that, Lord, we just experienced only what you experienced, Lord. There are hundreds of thousands of people that have gone before us, millions of people, Christians, believers, Father God, before the cross and after the cross, who have stood tall, Lord God. Help us to stand tall, especially, Lord God, in these end times, Lord God. Help us, Father God, just to give us the strength to love and to forgive, Lord God. Not only those out there, Father God, especially, Father God, if we've been wronged by anybody within this house, Lord God. Help us, Father God, to walk in forgiveness, Lord. We pray for your continued strength, Lord. We pray for your peace, O Heavenly Father God. Help us, Lord God, not to give in to what society says, Father God, about nice people finishing last, Lord. Help us to realize, Lord God, that your word says the last should be first, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, help us to walk in obedience to you in every area of our life, Lord God. So, Lord God, if there's any unforgiveness that we may have, Lord God, even things that we may try to brush aside because we're not even around those people, Lord, I pray that you bring it to our remembrance, Lord, <clears throat> that we can forgive them. And be long-suffering, Lord God. Give us that strength for that. Spirit of long-suffering is a fruit, Lord God. 
And we thank you for that fruit, Lord God, that we can love one another as Christ loves us. So we thank you and we praise you. We pray that you continue to watch over us, Lord. Guide us all home safely, Lord God. We pray a hedge of protection will be upon each and every one of us, Father God, and our family members from the top of our head to the soles of our feet throughout this upcoming week, Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray that you be with Byron, Lord God. I pray that you help him to get his phone situation taken care of, Lord God, that he would not have to wait long, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. But even if he has to wait long, Lord God, we pray that you give him patience to endure and to use that time wisely, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord. So we pray even now, Father God, that you will bless the service here tomorrow for joy fellowship, Lord God. May your presence be felt in this house here, Father God. Amongst the pastor and amongst the people that will come in, Father God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.